What's up, everybody? It's your boy, J.R. Lee, and I'm back for another special exclusive episode of the Fly on the Wall Show. And you guys know on this show, we're bringing nothing but value, nothing but special, special guests. And today is none other. I'm joined by the legendary Jerome Moe, a dear friend of mine, family friend, mentor of mine. He's teaching me, Wah! That's a little joke, a little insider, but man, Jerome, for the people, I'm sorry, Mr. Moe, for the people who may not know who you are, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what it is that you do? Well, I work in a process of learning to trade, teaching to trade, and um, I've written a book that allows people to understand, thank you, that allows people to understand how they too can monetize their ideas. Because the reality is, this world has changed so quickly. And sometimes it's important that we learn to move with the times. And um, I'm a dinosaur. I'm one of those people born before the internet. Oh, wow. So with everything that's changing, we all have to change with it. Yes, and so, you know, you get to a certain age and you realize that you don't retire. You just change your perspective. Mm. And that's what I've had to do. And now it's everything in my life I'm working on changing to develop, to get better. And you've actually been helping me with that. Yes, sir, yes, sir. Um, exercise and um, eating properly. So great, yes, great, 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 great opportunity yes, to be mutually beneficial to each other. Absolutely. I received that. And, you know, speaking about change and, well, I noticed you said you were a dinosaur, but you look pretty good, my brother. You're looking good right now. Hair tied back, looking well-groomed. I see the shirt. I see the shirt. Dinosaurs are well-groomed. What dinosaurs are... Are individuals that have old ideas, like yeah. their character is solid, their development is solid, but they don't fit because the world has changed around them. So the shirt, the affirmation shirt, um, I think that when you see something, you're able to see it faster. Yeah. So when you look at the shirt, you think about all the positive things. So it keeps your mindset positive. Absolutely. And, you know, speaking about, you know, affirmations and mindset, you know, I'm really big on mindset and spirituality on this show. Anytime I get to talk about it, I get really happy inside. And so, you know, speaking about affirmations for you in life and business, whatever it is, how important is affirmations and affirming things in your life? How important is that for you? Affirmations don't get you where you want to go as fast as you want to go, but it gets you there with less stress. It also allows you to sleep well at night. Anyone can win in business. <clears throat> Having the right mindset and doing it the right way allows you to win the proper way. So when you win, there's no, you don't have to look over your back. Most people win and they've hurt a lot of people along the way. You have less bodies yeah. when you do things the right way. And that's where your spirituality is important and um, your values are important. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. And you know... Let's talk about business a little bit, man. You've you've been able to accumulate a lot of success throughout the years of your your short years on this earth. You know, he's pretty young, he's like twenty five. You look good, right? You look good. Are you Plus twenty. <laughs> you've been able to accumulate <coughs> bless you, you know, a lot of success throughout your, your life. Let's talk a little bit about like when did you like how did you get into entrepreneurship? At what age did you get started and everything like that? I started when I was nine. Um I had my first company when I was thirteen. And I became successful when I was 23. <clears throat> but it wasn't me. Mm. I had great mentors. I had people that taught me and I listened to them. Didn't like most of them, but I listened to them because they had what I wanted. Mm. 
And sometimes that's the important thing. Sometimes you have to let your ego go and listen to the people that have more than you so that you can get what you want. You know, you, you said something very important. You, you, you listen to people even though you may have not liked them. Sometimes it's hard for people to listen or to even be in a room with someone that they don't like. Like, how do you recommend, what are some things that you recommend an individual, whether they're an entrepreneur or just their job or their relationships? How, what do you recommend? How do you recommend communicating with someone that you don't like or even listening to someone that you don't like? That comes with maturity. Mm. People who aren't mature will always find a way to not get what they want. If you're mature, you will always find a way to move around in circumstances that aren't positive to get what you want. And that's important, the maturity part is important. You just have to get mature. If you, if you want it bad enough, you're gonna do what's necessary to get it. Absolutely, I think that takes a level of discipline, right? Well, if you look at, Thanks. Any successful group of people, the really successful, if it's the men, they've had some type of military service, martial arts, and they've been in a structured environment. Mm -hmm. Because that is important because it allows you to make your mind control your body. Mm -hmm. That's vital. But they've all had mentors also. Mm -hmm. So it's necessary. Discipline, important. It gives you the work ethic. Mm -hmm. But mentorship, gives you the speed to success. Absolutely, and so speaking about mentorship, you know, I'm pretty sure if you've been mentored to so many, one of my mentors, who are some of the people that you've been able to gather mentorship from throughout your many years? Well, Jim Rohn. Yes. Um, Dot Livin. Livin, David M. Yes. Sir Gary McSween, um, Dr. Luke Kwamana, um, Way back in the day, there was a gentleman by the name of um, Ken Robinson, mm. amazing individual. <clears throat> and then there were some that I didn't like, and yes, I'm gonna say. Um, Can't like everybody. Yeah, Gene Flynn, amazing guy, horrible personality, oh, wow. um, disrespectful. Mm. But at the end of all that, no one can do a fast start in a business better than him. I've never seen it. I think he is phenomenal at that. Um, so, so when I say there's some people I didn't like, didn't, and I'm saying it, I didn't like him. He knows I don't like him. Um, we, we still don't like each other. We've dealt with each other in, in different situations. We've met each other in different situations. We know we don't like each other, but we know there was a value. So I just shut that down and got what I needed. And um, <laughs> we've had some situations in the past that was that were ridiculous, but we still got what we needed from each other because it was necessary and he was the best at that point. And in order for you to get where you need to go, sometimes you have to weigh, am I okay with just humbling myself for this moment to get what I want from this person? Absolutely. You know, and there's a, you know, well, thank you so much for breaking that down for me. You know, there's a saying that you are a sum total of the five people's closest to you, right? Mm -hmm. And so you've named a lot of very powerful people in their own industries, right? And so for you, how important is proximity? Here's the funny thing. Yeah. <clears throat> you don't have to be physically close. Absolutely. You have to be able to hear their words. 
Um, there's a young lady that I've always respected. Um, they call her the godmother, Miss Dorothy Cook. Amazing individual because of her heart. There, there's another young lady that her energy level and her ability to stay calm and just be who she was, um, Twyla Portis. When she does anything, she comes at you so genuinely that if you don't get it, her genuineness just keeps her centered and where she keeps moving forward. She's amazing. Yes. You know, so sometimes you meet individuals and I got to work with her for, I think maybe three years. And I learned so much about being nice, no matter how other people are treating you. Yes. She was amazing at that. And of course, her past husband, he was the funniest brother in the world, but he treated people very well. How you treat people determines what happens in the future. Yes. And you don't know what, you, what will happen to you as time goes on. And if you build the right relationships, you will tend to create the right values for people. Absolutely, absolutely, man. And you know, you sound very well-spoken, man. You sound like a very educated man. We all are. Well, absolutely. We all are. You absolutely. know, people always say that, that it, it bothers me a little because... I think it's because the way you enunciate every syllable and... No, it's just that everyone <laughs> can speak. Absolutely. I think that what happens... Everybody can speak. It's well, just the time you take. Okay. And the time you take to communicate. Yes. If it's important, you'll learn it. And for some people, they deliberately speak a certain way. Not, not enunciate everything, just to throw you off. Because I've met some individuals that pretend they can't speak, but run business, will run business around you every single day. But that's when you have to go through manipulation to win. And it takes too much energy to do that. You know, but people choose to do it. So you, you have to make a decision on what your choice is. Are you gonna work with business where you are comfortable in your spirit so when you when you speak your spirit shows or you're going to spend each day manipulating each person you meet yeah you have to make the decision absolutely and you know earlier in the conversation you mentioned that you became successful in your business at the age of 23 what did you mean by that what was the business that you were doing and yeah <clears throat> the business that i was doing was um a company called artists and that's where Ken Robinson came into place. Um, I asked Ken for help. And when he was finished laughing, he said, um, I'm too stubborn. And I said, I know, but I'll wait. And he said, okay, he told me what to do. And he was right. Because what he said was, um, it didn't make much sense. And I was like, and he said to me, when I tell you what to do, you're going to say it doesn't make sense. And then you said it didn't make any sense. I, in fact, I thought it was the most stupid thing in the world. What was it that he told you? I can't tell you because okay. it was it was particular to that okay. method of methodology of business, Absolutely. and it would be given away trade secret. But Absolutely. he said, "Do it," and yes. I sat there and I was like, "This is nonsense. This is nonsense." And um, I hung up the phone and I walked around the house a bit. I was like, "This is so much crap." I said, "But I'll try it." Okay. But my trying is not thinking about doing it or half ass doing it. Yeah. My trying is doing it. Yeah. So I picked up the phone and I did it and it worked spectacularly. Yeah. 
And after I had done it, what happened was this. The moment I got the results, it made perfect sense why I was supposed to do it in that way. Yeah. You see, you can't build a house if you've never built a house. Someone always has to be there showing you what the next step is because it's something completely foreign to you. Yeah. When I learned what it was that he was telling me, it just fit. It was like a little piece of a puzzle yeah. that you would have never seen because you never thought you needed. And what happened was, if you, I, I don't do numbers, but if you were to multiply, my business grew by 900% in two days. And um, Simply because you follow directions. His specific directions. Success is an instruction. Yes. You just have to follow it. And it was amazing. I used the same technique again when I was in Nigeria. And um, in three days, I think we did, I think 6,000 business partners. Wow. Because the way that you, when you're taught something, it's hard to unlearn it. Yeah. For the same reason, um, I call it slavery. Slavery is when you know there's a better way and you choose the, the, the lesser way. Yeah. And I'm, I can ask you this question. Yes, sir. If someone tells you that they can teach you to trade, yeah. every trade that you do yes. will give you about 75% to maybe 90% per trade. And trades are only like five minutes. Yeah. Or you could give me my, your money and at the end of every week, I'm going to give you 6%. Right. But you can't take the money back for two years. For two years? Yes. Which one is slavery and which one is freedom? <laughs> well, for me, I find freedom in, in knowing how to do for self, right? Knowing how to do for self, learning, learning a skill, learning, having the ability to decide for myself. So if I can pull, from, pull the money from myself, if I can make the money, make more money, make my money, make money for myself, that's true freedom for me. I wouldn't really want to put that decision in the hands of somebody else, although it sounds like convenience, but it doesn't sound like you can even access that convenience for years and it's not like you just less money. said the right word convenience is the opposite of freedom yeah. yeah convenience will always be the opposite of freedom yeah people want to have convenience and to have success right for the same reason they want to be in balance mm -hmm. have you ever tried to run in order to move in any direction can you be in balance i guess not because you have to you have to be off balance. Mm. Being off balance allows you to move in that direction. But if you're in balance, <clears throat> it means that you stop, you're still. Right. And any business that's still is dead. Gotta stay in motion. Gotta stay in motion. And you know, you know, earlier on you mentioned some powerful names, some names that you know some people will recognize, some names some people may not recognize. But one of the industries that you were able to dominate your legendary in that space is the network marketing space, right? For you, because you know, you've done network marketing as well as you had a corporate job. You worked in the, in so many different industries. You, you actually also worked in the hospital at a top, at a top level. Do you right? know why I chose network marketing? Why did you choose network marketing? Because everybody said it didn't work. Hmm. Why did they say that? Because the masses are always going to be ignorant. In your own words, because network marketing does get a stigma, 
Yeah. In your own words, what is network marketing and how has it provided you value and provided value to others? It allowed me to retire at the age of 41 mm. while everyone else kept working. It allowed me to create in months what people don't do in years. Here's, what, here's the difference. Network marketing for me makes you develop yourself. Mm. And most people think they've already done enough. They think it's time for them to get accolades. But network marketing tells you all the time, you have to keep constantly developing yourself every day. And you know what? You don't get to race against other people. You get to race against yourself. So who's going to cheer if you're racing against yourself and only you know that you're winning and only you know that you're losing? Only you're the one that could cheer, but you don't want that because you want everyone to know how amazing you are. Most people want to compete against other people. So that people can see how great they are. But they're great, but they have no bank accounts. But you know what they live for? Someone else cheering. Wow. Why do you think doctors live in big houses? Um, Who gets paid more? A trader or a doctor? Well, I think a trader actually, a successful trader actually makes more money because you can make a doctor's salary. You know, and a day. Some people do it in a day, a couple of hours. But yet doctors tend to have bigger houses. Yeah. Do you know why they have bigger houses? Expectations. Family expectation, society expectation, societal expectation. Um, you're taught to be pushed into these environments where people consider you to be successful. But if you're a doctor, and let's say you're making 200000 a year, you're buying your house just to make it look like you're a doctor, your mortgage is very, very high. So what are you going to do when you're working overtime? You have your house, your practice, the hospital, and you're just working. And um, I know two doctors and I love them. They're amazing people. The young lady is a doctor. The number four, I think, um, doctor in her field. Her husband is the top of his field. In fact, he is the head of his department, the head of the hospital, and they live in a beautiful house. But they're always working. Now, what does she do? She also started network marketing. So people are like, why are you doing network marketing? Well, because the money. You make a lot of money if you know what you're doing. If you have a mentor. And that is the key. A lot of times people don't want to do certain things because they don't want to allow themselves to be told by someone else that they think isn't up to their standards. When I, when I did martial arts, when we were taught a new technique, what my teacher would do is he would show us, this is going to take no old I am. <laughs> he would give us a VHS cassette. Yes. And the VHS cassette would have that technique done by a six-year-old person, either a little boy or a little girl. <clears throat> Bless you. Thank you. A six-year-old person. Now, what we had to learn was looking at the six-year-old the right way of doing it and then practice it so we can teach it. Now, we're grown-ups. Yeah. Grown men, we fight all the time. We're supposed to be so good at what we do. And we're learning from the six-year-old. Yes. And he did it deliberately. Absolutely. Because he said humility comes from mm. understanding the technique, not the person. The person is just a vessel. So you learn through the vessel. And, um, you know... 
it, it was so amazing that um, Mr. Gene Flynn, the gentleman that I didn't get along with, yes, uh, he did tell me some really intelligent things. I remember um, I was driving once. I had hit a pretty high position in the company, and I was driving, and I was, you know, I was thinking to myself, you know, I'm making enough money to to leave my job right now. My phone rang. It was like he heard me in his head. Yeah. And he called, and he was not the most pleasant person when he spoke. He was very sharp. And he said, um, sometimes you, you get the best advice from people that, you know, that have, have more knowledge than you. And sometimes you just have to be respectful and acknowledge it, in spite of the fact of liking or not liking a person. Gene Flynn, for instance. For instance. Um, we had a situation with, I did a meeting for a group of like 25 people. Yeah. And um, I wasn't particularly fond of the lady that I did it for. I was tricked into doing the meeting. <laughs> and um, the young lady did something negative with the information. Mm. And so he called me. And at first he was blaming me for it. And that was another thing that he wasn't very good at. He wasn't very good at treating people properly to get information. And he said... Um, I notice you're making money, but don't think you're making enough to quit your job. Mm. Now, that was just him being himself. Right, right. But it made me think about it. And I, I, I didn't ask him, but I asked another person that was as qualified as him in the business. And I, that was the first time I thought about that. Him saying it, put it in my head, wait, I can leave my job. I said, okay, what do I need to do to leave my job? And he said, well, you need to make 10 times what you're making. And I said, what do you mean? He said, whatever you make in a year, you need to make in a month, or you need to make 10 times that. I said, okay. And I went home. And you're making good money at your job at the time. Very good. Mm. And I went home and I multiplied it. And I said, okay, when I make this much. But working with Mr. Ken Robinson made me blow past that in less than a month. I mean, what I needed, I was so way past it. And I said, okay. And that's when I made the decision to leave my job. And I made the decision. I didn't tell anyone. I didn't. Because with the individuals around you, yeah. sometimes they don't want the best for you. So you'd hear all of the talk. <clears throat> so sometimes when you're learning about business, yeah. you listen only to your mentor. And then you surround yourself by people who are moving in the same direction you are. Right. Because if you don't, you will be hearing information that you should be focused on, but you'll also be hearing information that go across current to what you're doing, and sometimes they can hold you back. Absolutely, absolutely, man. So only listen to your mentors. Absolutely. And so, you know, when you actually, you know, got, you know, even more involved with network marketing, you started reaching success, did you... Did you have any like pullback or naysayers in your ear, like were family and friends saying this, oh, you shouldn't be doing this, or it's no safety, there's no, you know, like, did you have any type of negativity in your ear? I'm pretty sure you did. But... No, the type of person that I am, yes. people were always afraid to tell me things. Mm. Um, I was really, really, I'm a lot nicer now. I was really, really direct. I was super direct. And um, people, there was, one of my favorite friends that um, passed, she passed two years ago. Um, she was my best friend. Yeah. She would sit in a room and she would look at the way the room was set up. Yeah. And she would tell me, you know, 
you know, this person is, pay attention to this person, pay attention to that person, stay away from it. You know, she was, she was one of my, she was my eyes. And she had a statement. I would make a statement and you would hear her quietly say next to me, and there was blood everywhere. And that used to be our little like code because sometimes I was so direct because people would ask me questions and I would say, do you really want to answer? Because when it comes to business, there's no play. It's you do it and you do it and you do it until you get so good. And when you're really, really good, you do it and you do it and you do it some more until you can't do it badly. And that's the second part. People want to do things until they get good, but they don't want to keep doing it until they can't do it badly. They think, oh, I've made it, I've arrived. No, you have to keep going all the time and keep working and developing and developing to the point where it's impossible for you to do it badly. And that's what, you know, so you don't have a lot of patience for people who want it without the work. You know, people come up and say, um, I, I was in Jamaica and um, the presentation was finished and they brought me up and I didn't know why they brought me up. I guess they were just killing time because I wasn't there to present. I was there because the person I was presenting was a friend of mine and I just wanted to support and I was actually on vacation. And so what I did was I went up to the front of the room and I said, do you want me to tell you the truth? Right. And I told them the truth. I told them why they weren't winning, what they needed to. And at that moment, I realized something. I realized that people like to hear you tell them about things because for them, it's a show. Right. But that doesn't mean they're going to do it. But why you do that is because in that room of 100 to 200 people, they're usually one to five people that are actually looking for that information. So there's never a big understanding. Sometimes it's just a little group of people, just like two or three, that have been looking for that. Hmm. Right, right, right. And you know, I heard you mention, you know, different countries. I heard you mention Jamaica. I heard you mention uh, Nigeria. You know, do you travel a lot? Have you been to, like how many different countries have you been to? I've lived in a lot of countries. I've been to a, I've been to a large number of places, but everybody's the same. Yeah. Food is great. Yeah. That's the only defining character. Yeah. The food in different countries are amazing, but everyone is the same. No matter their color, no matter what the difference is, they're the same. Everyone turns up. They have the same motives. They have the same plans. They treat you the same way. If they don't like you, they don't like you anywhere. If they like you, they like you everywhere. Mm. It's the only thing that changes with the different countries is the weather. Mm. That's the only thing. I mean, I remember once one of my friends called me. In fact, he lives in Georgia now. And he said, Mo, we set up a presentation. We, we rented this hall um, and our speaker bailed on us. He called me on Wednesday. And it was Saturday morning with the presentation. I said, well, I'll drive up and I'll do the presentation. And of course, whenever you say you're gonna do something, Murphy's Law, yeah. <laughs> um, a bunch of people wanted to go. So it ended up with six of us going. And then time went by and we we're leaving at nine o'clock on Friday night. Right. We drove fast. We got over into Canada and the meeting starts at 10 o'clock. We pull up in front of the meeting hall at two minutes to 10. I just walk right in. 
They introduced me as I walk in the door. I picked up the mic and I said, it's such a pleasure to be here. And the computer shut down. All of the information was in the computer. So what were you, I mean... You're, I'm standing in front of a room of like 100 plus people with a mic. No equipment. So did you freeze or, would it, or did you show no, up? I, I figured that if people were in the room, hadn't seen the old presentation because they were new, they wouldn't know that the old presentation is an old presentation. Right. So I just took the, the laptop from, a, from um, the kid that was playing with it in the front row. And I said, can I have that? He said, yeah. And I put it on the front. We plugged it into the um, projector and we played a year old presentation. And I just talked to them while we were setting it up. It only took like two minutes. And then we did the presentation. <laughs> you, you know what's funny about that is that, you know, in life and business, you know, you mentioned Murphy Law, anything that can happen, anything go wrong can, will go wrong, whatever the case may be is, you know, in life, life, business, and same, it's the same thing. Something, something bad can and will happen. But you have to still be quick on your feet. You still have to adapt. You still have to, you know, pull it together and show up anyway. Why is that important? John Maxwell says, it's too late to prepare when an opportunity presents itself. You have to be prepared before you step out your door. You can't start preparing when someone tells you you have a meeting. So you can't start preparing when someone tells you you have to do something. You can't start to prepare to make a decision to do business when you're seeing a presentation. You should have already prepared. You know you're going to see a presentation. You should already be thinking, do I have the time? Have I put money aside? Am I going to be the type of person that will sacrifice to get what I want? Am I going to be the person that will work through my process until I get there? And if you can't answer those questions, don't get on the call. Don't go to the meeting because all you're doing is wasting the person's time. You're not ready. You know, the moment the opportunity is presented, it's too late to prepare. It's like, you're about, somebody's about to jump you. What are you going to say? Wait, wait. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm going to go take a nine-month class to learn to defend myself. Can you wait right here and I'll come back when I'm ready? Opportunities are, all you just had is an opportunity to get hurt. Right. So opportunities are there and it's up to you to have become prepared before it showed up. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, speaking about opportunities, you know, one, I'm a firm believer that you should take advantage of every opportunity, but that's because I recognize things that I, I make things that opportunity. Sometimes people, it might be too small or it might be too big. So they don't think it's the opportunity or they don't think it's the opportunity for them. In your opinion, how can you recognize an opportunity and how can you take advantage of any opportunity? It's a different, I look at it a different way. Yeah. Everything is in the supernatural. Everything, all the successes that God wants for you is in your supernatural. If you are connected to your supernatural, yeah. you will know whether or not what's coming is for you Absolutely. based on your character. Because you will never see what's coming. It's when you take the opportunity, it'll turn into yes. what you were looking for. Yes. So the question you have to ask yourself are the same things. Do I have the patience? Do I have the time to sacrifice? Is this what I'm looking for now? Am I at a space right now that my bandwidth, which people like to, like to use all the time, that my bandwidth is wide enough to accept what I'm doing? And you can think about um, a young lady that we both know. Yes. 
we call her, I call her Empress. Yes. I met Jennifer Maxwell. She does multiple, multiple businesses at the same time. Her bad way is this wife. And I think her goal is to prove that you could do multiple businesses at the same time. But then if you look at successful people, they have 15, 16 businesses. But yet they tell you, only do one business. Why is that? I guess so you focus. No, because they don't want you to win. Mm. They don't want you to win. Because one business will not do. Well, Even the Bible says seven, seven businesses. Absolutely. But did they start all of those businesses at one time? That's something that an individual has to find out. Nobody, there's, there's, there's no way that someone tells you, this is how you do it. Right, right. You know, that's why you have mentors. That's why you have mentors, so you don't have to try to figure these things out. You, when you find a business that works, you find a mentor that works harder. Absolutely. And so, I know earlier on you talked about mentorship, and you were saying, you know, find someone that has done something that you want to do, and that they have something that you want, and it could be mutually beneficial. How does one, how does someone know that, okay, this is the mentor for me, I should say, or that I should choose this? Is it simply because this person has what I want? I'm going to align myself with this person. I'm going to listen to this person. And how do you start? Jim Rohn, the best of the best. Yeah. He's no longer with us. Yeah. But all of the documentation of everything he's ever done is on YouTube. You know, it's so funny because some people think that I have to be right there by my mentor. The mentor has to know who I am, but... You can have people that's mentoring you from afar. You can listen to these speakers like Jim Rohn, rest in peace, Bob Proctor, rest in peace, Les Brown, all these different people. They could mentor you from afar. What are your thoughts on mentorship from people that you don't know? Mentorship is mentorship. Yeah. Now, let me be clear. There's mentorship that you have that make you a better person and a better business person. Right. But to grow your business, yes. whatever business you're doing, you should have a mentor in that specific business that you listen to. Um, I'm a horrible mentee. <laughs> horrible. I'm terrible. Um, I think that um, Mr. McSween tolerates me. You know, because he knows where I'm from and he knows what I've done, right. he tolerates me. Yeah. Because I don't think he would allow anyone to do the things that I do with him. Because as a mentee, you're supposed to show up every single day. Yeah. So speak to your mentor every single day. I have not been doing that. And I'm, honest, I'm good enough to say it because I know I have not been doing that. Yeah. Because um, whatever the reason, there's no reason. You know, I can make, I can... You know what, I, there, there's a statement. The best excuse is your best reason. Hmm. But it's the same thing. It's just your perception. Yeah. And is the excuse ever good? <laughs> no, but if you want to feel good, you say, oh, it's a reason. Yeah. It's not a reason. You're just lazy. What about Mr. McSween attracted you to him to ask for, you to be, for him to be your mentor, one of your mentors? 700000 plus a month. Whew. Not bad at all. Mm, that's a pretty good attraction, right? And he's in his 30s. And he's in his 30s. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's a good, pretty good reason, right? That's a pretty good reason. And he has developed himself up to that. The person that's his mentor, almost a million dollars a month. I think more than a million dollars a month. Yes. So you have to understand where you're going with it. Right. And the mentorship 
has to be a choice and it has to be a conversation. Absolutely. You just have to follow the rules. Absolutely. There are rules of mentorship. You just have to follow that. But all of this only comes after you've decided what you choose to do. Yeah. You know, you have to make that decision first. And you have to be willing, you have to know that you're not, not going to quit until you've achieved. You know, and speaking about not quitting, right? A lot of times, you know, we as individuals, we chase success. And, you know, some people give up, right? Some people don't even know that they're three feet away from gold. That success is right around the corner. And success is a journey. It's, it's not like a final destination point. You know, I often like to say, like, I like to stay in motion. Like, this journey of success has taught me that I have to stay in motion. I have to keep moving. The moment I stop moving, the moment that I cease to exist, right? And so in business and life, and this, you know, there's this goal of reaching success, whatever that is to you. Why is it important to not quit? Why is it important not to stay in motion? Why is it important to stay in motion? Well, when you quit, you die. Mm -hmm. um, your perception of success has to match your activity. Yes. So if I, if I, let's say I want to make a um, hundred grand a month. Have you done that before? Yes. Um, in order to do that, you have to have the activity and the production that measures that. People come up to you and say, I want to make a um, million dollars in a year. Have you done that? Yes. <laughs> okay. um, and, but yet, they're not willing to do the things that require them to make $20,000 per year. But they want to make a million. They want to go for that big number without... They, they just want to talk. Yeah. And the reality is, you ask them, how many books have you read? What kind of books do you read? Right. What is it that you like to do on the weekends? Right. Um, when was the last time you saw a million dollar earner in a bar? Mm. When was the last time you saw a million dollar earner in church? I guarantee you're going to find all of them in church. Why? Because the spiritual aspect of building is where everything happens. And people try to get as close to the supernatural as they can. Yeah. While you hear on the other side about CEOs doing extremely well and they're doing very negative things. But that doesn't have, you don't hear it that often in network marketing. Why? A job asks for you to do a certain amount of tasks for which there's compensation. Network marketing asks you to build yourself up to the level of compensation that's already available. And you don't need a degree. In fact, Jim Rohn always says, you go to work to earn a living, but you do network marketing to have a lifestyle. And living and lifestyle are two different things. What's the difference? Living are your basic shelter, food, lodging, car, transportation, lifestyle, travel, vacations, higher level of living, better expectation of your life and having more control over the financial aspect of everything that happens around you. Lifestyle's a whole different, a whole different level, and it involves everyone working together.
Now, when you say working together, that kind of goes into my next question, right? You've been able to build some very big organizations. I believe at the height of you know your career, you've been an organization that surpassed 20,000 individuals, right? Now, able to do so, you'd have to be able to be a good leader, good communicator, and as well as a team player. In network marketing and life and business in general, how important is it to work as a team and to just be a team player? I hear it says that's a misnomer. I had a big team because there were people in my organization that took it upon themselves to build their own businesses and I took credit for it. Mm. That's all that was. I, I was not personally responsible for any of that. Um, I did calls um, every Saturday. Yeah. I um, Global calls. I um, answered any questions that anyone had, any situations that they had because of my title I had access to the company and I would get that situation to gear immediately. And that was my most important thing. Put out the fire before it got bigger. Mm. Um, so if someone had an issue, I would call them. Right. And it would freak them out because they're like, Mr. Moon's calling me. What's the issue? How quickly can we get this taken care of? How can I help? I will never take credit for the successes that I've had. Mm. Because I became successful because people in my group had a desire to become successful and their work ethic matched with what I was building and it all mushroomed out. It wasn't me. And that's why, I, you know, people with ego like to see that I built. No, my, there were people in my group that had a strong desire to win and their winning, I got to take credit for. I got to stand on the stage, but I was representing every group that chose to build for themselves. So if, you, if you're truly, honestly, someone that's serious about building business, everything negative you should accept and everything positive you should give away. You, 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 everything positive, you give it to someone else in the team and talk about them and, and value them, you know, and um, anything negative, you take responsibility for that. Absolutely. And that's how you build a, a large organization. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, speaking about, you know, building a large organization, I know I recently, you know, was able to listen to your new project that you just released, and you talked a little bit about that. Can you tell us a little bit, can you tell us a little bit more about what you talked about in your new visual audio experience? Well, if I'm going to do anything, I'd like to do a little different. Right. And uh, we were talking, actually, um, two weeks before we did the book. Right. And I said, if I was going to do a book, it had to be different. So what we did was we did an audiovisual book. And the audiovisual book talked about some of the qualities that are necessary if you're gonna win. And um, it wasn't a self-help or motivational book, it's none of that. Uh, what it is is you get to walk through the experience of how someone handles business, good and bad, and the qualities that are necessary and how you work on those qualities. And um, also how to build through in your life. And so it wasn't there to, to, it talked about the negative parts. And most people, when they write books, they only talk about the wins. They never talk about the failures. And um, that's what I talked about. And I talked about what was necessary to go through failure. And um, I liked it. I mean, if we're gonna launch it properly, I think tomorrow. And um, I've been, hand 
going out and, and just picking up my phone and personally asking individuals to support me and buy the, buy the book and then some of them are doing reviews on it. That's but um, in two days, we're literally gonna take the reviews, attach them to the book and send them out, put it in flood for social media and um, see what kind of response we get from that. Absolutely, man. And so, you know, speaking about social media, man, I've seen you, seen you've been really active on social media recently, man. And I know you call yourself a dinosaur, man, but for you, right, you know, I'm, you know, I'm pretty sure you're familiar with Facebook and all LinkedIn and all these different things, man. But now we have Instagram, we have Twitter, we have TikTok and YouTube and all these platforms, man. How has utilizing these platforms, you know, widening your scope and your your view about the digital world and the world that we live in today? Well, I look at the visual world, the digital world from a financial perspective. Right. But how Facebook and TikTok and all that, respectfully, um, I haven't learned enough to benefit from it. Right. So I just use it as an entertainment and I look for certain consistent parts of it. And I look for the reaction of people to those consistent parts. So what I'm looking at, like there's a song that seems to have an excellent response. So I remember that song and when I'm posting, when I'm posting, I'll put that song. So I'm always looking at it for ways to develop whatever brand I'm gonna put I'm gonna put out there. But I just look at it as fun. I mean, I am so way past that sometimes I believe yeah. that there's a lot of learning. Yeah. I have a big learning curve. And that's why I say that. So one of my friends, and we've been friends forever, I think over 40 years. Yeah. And um, he said to me yesterday, he says, he hadn't looked at it, he hadn't read the whole book. He only read the first part. So he didn't understand. And it, by the end of the book, his opinion will change. But he said, you know, when you say dinosaur and dinosaurs are extinct, you know, some people are going to be really concerned about the fact that you're telling them they're extinct. <laughs> and I didn't say anything. And he, he called on right away and he said, wait a minute, I need to finish the book before I make that statement, right? Absolutely. I said, well, that's a good opinion. Let's see what happens if the opinion changes. And it will change. But, you know, it, it taught me something. Again. Eating half of a meal never really tells you how the meal tastes. Yeah. And you will always tend to have a skewed experience. And so I'm, I'm looking at also the decision. I was going to put like little snippets out. And I changed my mind just from that conversation. So sometimes you need to ask people around you, but you have to have people around you that either don't tell them it's yours yeah, yeah, yeah. so you can get an honest response honest opinion, or have people that you trust that will always be honest in their opinion. Absolutely. Just surrounding yourself with the right amount of people. Absolutely. Scenario. Absolutely, absolutely, sir. Surround yourself with, you know, honest people, people of character, people that are going to keep it real with you. Right? Which is what a dinosaur is. Which is what a dinosaur is. And, you know, speaking about, you know, just friendship, I know you just mentioned someone that, you know, for a very long time, when I speak to you, when I hear you speak about your friends or your friends speak about you, one thing that I know is consistent is that you are able to keep intact very lengthy, long, valuable relationships, right? And so how important are relationships for you and how have you been able to keep these healthy relationships for such a long period of time? Because we treat people properly. Yeah. 
um, I don't have to agree with you in order to respect you. And I'll always respect every single person, even Mr. Flynn. Look how much airtime he got. Um, <laughs> shout out to Mr. Gene Flynn. Um, you know, there, there's, a, there's another gentleman I did not speak about and I'm not going to. Um, but what is, what is amazing is people don't think about the impact they have on you because they're so busy trying to make an impact on somebody else. Mm. They're just like, I just want everybody to think of me in a certain way. Well, all you have to do is just be yourself. Awesome. Then well, you don't have to be anyway. You'll just, you will, and yourself may not be a good, good look. Because the majority of my career, I was not a fun person. <laughs> I was not a nice person, um, but you, I was an effective person. Why do you think that you weren't nice? Like, what was the word? Because I told you the truth. I was very direct. Yeah. And most people wanted, want their life sugar-coated. They want to be told that everything's going to be all right. And they want, want to be told that with limited work, you can have a bigger output. <laughs> they want to. And um, I didn't believe in lying to people all the time. Yeah. You know, and I've seen it done, you know, oh, yes, this is easy nothing about business that's easy oh all you have to do is this this and this not true you know um everyone's gonna buy your product not true you know it i was with a coffee company everybody drinks coffee yeah but not necessarily yours yeah. and coffee i noticed because i never drank coffee so i didn't have the experience some people are very loyal to their brands so you were, you were in a coffee company and you sold coffee, but you didn't drink coffee? Never. I'd never drank coffee in my life. But we did extremely well. Was, yeah. They gave me a Mercedes. They were paying for every month, 700 something dollars, which left me even more money to buy gas and, you know. How were you able to sell a product successfully so well that you didn't use yourself? I sold a person. Mm. I was a consultant for cars, and I know nothing about cars. And I would get sometimes... Hmm, I would get sometimes some ridiculous deals and I knew nothing about the cars. Still don't. So but I would sell it. I sell the person. Sell the person. What do you mean by that? You come into the, on the lot and I say, hey, how are you? Yes. What are you looking for? Yeah. And whatever you tell me, I'll go get. You see, people want to be ultra smart. Yeah. You don't want this. You want this. No. They have their own initiative that they want to Whatever you want, I'm going to go get. Yeah. And I'm going to try to get it at whatever price that you ask me for. <laughs> I will. And if I can't, I'm going to say that doesn't make sense, sir. It's very racist in some parts of the country. Yeah. Some people have perceptions about people based on who they look like and what they are and how they will deal with cars. That's true. I had a guy come in once and he said to me, um, I want this car, it was a Toyota. And he said, I don't want to pay more than $6,000. $6,000? Mm -hmm. Okay. I said, does the $6,000 come with a gun? <laughs> because unless you have a gun with bullets and you have the $6,000, that's the only way the car is going to leave the lot because <laughs> that doesn't even make sense. Robbery. 
Yeah, that, that makes no sense. And I said, but I don't want to waste your time. So what you're saying is absolute foolishness. Right. And he's like, you're being disrespectful. And I said, yes. <laughs> yes. Because what you're saying is absolute nonsense. Um, I don't know if you just, I, I told him, I said, I don't know if you came here to waste, kill some time. Maybe you have somewhere to go. So you just say, you know what? Let me just go mess with these guys just for the hell of it. But my life is a little more important than that. So here's the deal. <coughs> You're a smart man. Go online, see what the car is worth. Check the blue book value. And then come in with something that comes close to matching. I said the blue book value is $8,000 more than what you're asking for. I said, who in the right mind would give you that car without a gun? <laughs> and so he looked at me. And he said to me, you, you're just saying that because I am. And he said, it's race. Right. And I said, the problem is my last name and your last, your last name is the same name. We're both from the same culture. I just don't look like you. So no, I'm not doing that. But what you're doing is just killing time. I said, what, you have a dinner date or something that you don't want it? And I was like, that. Like I'm that. very rude yeah. because I can tell when someone is just trying to, they're not there for the reasons that they're there. So that was, that was my, that was my issue. And, you know, he left and he came back with his wife and his um, daughter and he said, see, I was going to buy a car. I said, no, you still aren't. I said, the number doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So it doesn't matter who you bring, doesn't matter what you do. That doesn't make sense. So the general manager was walking by and he says, um, may I help you? He said, this guy is, he's refusing to sell me a car. And the general manager, however, knew me. Right. And that's where people get into trouble all the time. They don't create relationships with people that they work with. Yeah. And so I, on another, in another situation, general manager would say, come with me. Yeah. And I would be suspended or fired or whatever. Yeah. But he knew me. So he says, if I may ask, how much were you asking? And the guy said 6000 And the general manager said, I see. I see. That's a pretty good offer, but not for this establishment. Yeah. He didn't say go somewhere else. That was effective, yeah. So, but he wouldn't have said that if he didn't care for... The relationship so you have to develop relationships and you have to tell people this is my goal this is what i'm doing and this is what my values are now what is what is really amazing what i found is in my environment yeah. we've had how many books come out of our environment in the last two weeks oh man it's like four books four books like four books man being able to help people create four different books i got a book italia just dropped a book you just dropped a book we just helped my brother marcus drop a book you know, and that's, you know, that's what it's all about, man. Your environment has to push you. The people around you have to push you to become better. better, you know, and that's one of the things that I've learned and I'm so grateful for is that, you know, I've been able to surround myself with people that want to become better and want to do better. I've been in places where I was always the one pushing someone else and they didn't really want to be pushed. And so you can only push someone so much until it's just like, you know what? And so, you know, but, you know, you know, Mo, this has been an amazing conversation, but we talked about a lot about success. One of the questions, I've, we talked about it, but I'm gonna ask you directly. One of the questions I'd like to ask all of my guests when they come on this show is their definition of success, right? Success, it doesn't have to be monetary, as we know. It could be spiritual, it could be 
peace of mind. It could just be freedom, time freedom. It's the progressive realization of a worthwhile goal. Say that one more time. The progressive realization of a worthwhile goal. Wow. That's a beautiful definition. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, that's a beautiful. Okay. What are some goals that you're going to end off the year with? And the end of the year just started. What are some of the goals that you're going to end the year off? My year started back in September. Mm. Um, my goal at the end of this year, at the end of this year, which means September of this year, right. is to be able to build a home from the ground up. Yes. Um, and also have another home in Florida. So those are the two goals I have for this year. Absolutely, absolutely. Those are some powerful goals. And I know a man who affirms his goals, even on his shirt and his sleeve. Oh, my sleeves. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? A man who could do that and speak them into existence is going to do the work as well. It's going to make sure all his goals come true. And Mo, you know, it's been a pleasure. I've been wanting to sit down with you and do this conversation for some time now. You know, time and place is, is correct. And divine, I believe in divine timing. You know what I'm saying? We in the fireplace right now. What? You can feel the warmth. It's nice, intimate conversation. You got this wear my favorite color right now. We both looking well groomed. Shout out to the well groomed lifestyle, Mr. Market Alexander. But you know, man, it's been a pleasure to sit down and speak with you. You know, we could talk for days. We're gonna do some mm -hmm. more of these, probably start doing some lives as well. But you know, I just wanna say thank you so much for this pleasure and opportunity to connect with you. Appreciate you, my brother. Thank you. Absolutely, absolutely. Blessings, blessings, blessings. Absolutely. And everybody, that was another episode of the Fly on the Wall Show. Man, I'm doing with a legendary network marketing genius, serial entrepreneur, dinosaur, author, <laughs> right? Mr. Jerome Moe. Please, guys, follow him on social media as well as, you know, when you do follow him on social media, look for him, Jerome Moe. But you're going to click that link in his bio, right? And you're going to check out that book, that audio visual experience. You're going to check it out. You're going to purchase it. And you're going to change your life. I promise you. Why would I lie? But thank you, guys. It's your boy, J.R. Lee. And this is the Fly on the Wall Show. Brought to you by Fufu.net. Another episode of the Fly and the Wall Show. Man, I'm so happy you made it this far. I would never let fear hold me back ever again. And I got a special guest. This is about to be an amazing conversation. I got the legendary power move maker and shaker. It's about to be an amazing conversation, man. I swear I hear it all like a fly on the wall. But truly, I'm not small. I'm the flyest of all. And this, a meeting ground for the blessing profound. The hottest talk show around. You better turn up your sound. Because if you want to be great, you got to learn from the great. If you got what it takes, just give me a call. I'm here to hear it all. It's the Fly on the Wall show.